Welcome to episode 1 of Mpandisi, the Engineers Podcast. I'm your host, Loyore Newton, and today's guest is Mr. Okello. Mr. Okello is a graduate engineer and has worked with electronics for more than three years. Mr. Okello, please tell us more about who you are and how you came to be involved with electronics. Thank you, Newton, for the introduction and also for having me as your first guest. When it comes to electronics, I would trace my genesis to my love of mathematics throughout my primary school. And when I came to high school, I did find that I had an aptitude for physics. So when it came to looking at possible career paths, looking at these two key interests, I thought engineering would be a pretty good career path to follow, Um, mostly because I didn't want to deal with either pure physics or pure mathematics. I wanted to do something that had a practical aspect to it. So engineering was an option. Now, engineering is rather broad and has very various fields. And the field that I gravitated more towards was the field of electrical engineering, because I did like the electrical parts of physics more than I did like the mechanical parts. One thing I always told myself was I would probably not get into being a mechanical engineer because mechanics just didn't excite me as much as dealing with electrons did. Um, now, when it comes to electrical engineering, electrical engineering is also a very wide area. I tended to gravitate towards um, electric electronics, which I think to some extent light current is part of it. But I tended to gravitate towards electronics mostly because I wanted to have the ability to do experiments without having to buy expensive equipment, without having to have a very big space to work with. Because when you're working with electronics, it's very easy to even just have a small lab in your house as compared to maybe working with electrical stuff when you're dealing maybe with even large motors or heavy current and, you know, those kinds of aspects. So electronics was mostly because I wanted to have something, come up with an idea and build it out in my lab. Of course, when you're starting off, it's very easy to start with your equipment in your in your house in a house lab in a home lab and as you progress further is maybe when you may need now specialized resources but electronics i love it because i get to learn stuff and i get to build stuff yeah that's that sounds actually interesting because i've been checking on the internet and yeah you your your process or rather your your work is online what's the reason as to why you have chosen to have a blog by the name the okelo if I have seen father, it is by standing on the shoulders of giants. Now, that is a statement by Isaac Newton, and it's something that I often think about and I reflect. So when it comes to the blog, one of the things that I always think is very important is what a lot of people like to talk about and call representation. It's very important to have representation in whatever field that you're working on. So when I talk about representation, I started the blog because I wanted to share stories from my perspective. I remember when I was getting started, I used to, you know, go online, go to YouTube, just even just Google blogs. And a lot of the perspectives that were coming or I was receiving was knowledge or ideas from people in other countries, places like Australia, the US, continental Europe, and, you know, stuff like that. And while to some extent, you know, the general theory of electronics it's kind of like universal. The parts which were kind of not being served or was not getting was kind of like, where do you buy equipment from? Stuff like that, you know. And I wasn't seeing other people like me within the Kenyan space talking about electronics. So when you, when you, when you don't see that kind of representation, you start feeling as if 
this is not something for people like me to do. So I felt there was that kind of void that I wanted. So the blog is kind of like me being part of creating some kind of representation of the kind of person that I, I am. And in case someone else is reading it to be inspired by seeing someone a young man from Nairobi doing this kind of stuff so that they know, yeah, so we can also do it. And also just to create some kind of information, a library for me, of inform- an archive of information for whoever else is going to come up so that whatever I have learned, they don't have to relearn. And the other aspect is also just what, I, just what I said in terms of representation. So just trying to build a community because one of the interesting things that I come to learn is not everybody likes writing blogs. Putting a blog together is a lot of work. So it's like, you know, I'm just trying to reach out in case there's anybody out there, you know, try and connect with other people, you know, build a community or get plugged into an already existing community that I may not know about. So those are those kind of like the motivation behind building the blog and having it out there. So it's very important to me, representation and just, you know, the aspect of trying to belong somewhere. That sounds motivational. That sounds a long-term goal. Would you say that you have achieved on the point of even having a community that you have achieved that so far? On the aspect of community, I wouldn't say I have achieved it yet. It's still a work in progress. I mean, one of the communities that I see around that I really, really love, I really love how vibrant the whole software communities our communities that deal with software development, they're really vibrant and there's so many and they're so varied. You know, you have communities for Python, you have communities for, I don't know, I don't know if there's any for Rust, but Ruby and stuff like that. So you have these different communities that are exploring various aspects of software. So you have different voices that enriches your life as a software developer. And I can think even, for instance, let's say you're maybe a Python developer and maybe you want to collaborate with someone else, maybe Ruby. I don't know. I don't know the main difference because I'm not really plugged into software, but at least you have that kind of um, nice avenue, nice pool of talent to pull from. In terms of hardware, I wouldn't say I am yet where I want to be. It's still a work in progress because to some extent, I can appreciate that hardware is relatively hard to get started with the cost of getting hardware or getting getting to hardware, buying equipment and all that is relatively higher as compared to something like software where you can do quite, you can get quite far with just your your laptop yeah so hardware is still not there because i'm part of there's there are some communities but they're not quite as vibrant but i am hoping to kind of like build it out you know sometimes they say you build the kind of things that you want to exist so i'm trying it's still a, um, a problem i'm trying i'm still trying to figure out how to solve but let's just say it's one of those long-term goals for me. So I'm just trying to get it up and running and get more communities to speak about even varied number of topics because electronics is very, very wide. So if you can get a number of communities, you know, just one that deals with everything. So a number of communities deal- dealing with different kinds of, of aspects in electronics, that would be very good um, for the, the, let's say for the country, but also for hardware developers because you have now that pool of talent from which you can get assistance or you can even brainstorm your ideas. Fair enough, fair enough. So where, where can people access these communities? Or is, is it a closed community or does someone have to get in touch with you to join probably for, for, for electronics lovers? So I'm currently a part of um, two communities that I think I can mention. One of them is Arduino 254. It's kind of just like a WhatsApp group whereby people talk about 
just electronic stuff, sometimes technical stuff, sometimes people can go on runs about the state of electronics in in Kenya or even Nairobi. So that one is like relatively vibrant. Um, and another one is Nairobi Open Source Hardware. It's a meetup group. It's on the, I think the platform meetup, the app meetup. Everyone isn't quite as active, but it's trying to get started and trying to get stuff done. So those at least are two communities that I would say people can try and venture into. I think I'll leave, the links can be included in the show notes so that someone can visit them if they would like to learn. But at least that's a place whereby it can get started. But so you see, those are just like the two communities that at least I know of. I don't know if there are there are other communities out there. That's something that I'd like to, maybe at some point if I become, if I decide to act on my angst, I may decide to also maybe start my own community if I have something specific that I want to talk about. Because I deal with different kinds of ideas and different kinds of topics. So at some point, if I get maybe to some point of level of expertise and I want to go niche, you know, sometimes general communities are also cool, but having niche communities is also fun. So if I decide to go niche, I may also decide to start my own community because it's always good to have the general community whereby everyone is housed. But then also having sub-communities is also good so that... You can have a space whereby people of people who have interest in that niche area can work on, and also if someone needs maybe a service and they don't maybe they don't want to live in your niche, but they need someone who's dealing with that work, they can come into. So those are the kind of things that I'm thinking about. But as for as of right now, the two communities there's a Arduino two five four, which is a WhatsApp group, and there is the Nairobi Open Source Hardware, which is on Meetup. So, so we could actually say that Okelo is an engineer on a mission to build an electronics community within, in the minimal sense to fight for that's, that's the country Kenya. And, and just to proceed, so f- from your blog, you have a number of items here. And, and, and what's actually striking is the, the, the headings that you've chosen and, and the, the variations in the projects that you're handling. How do you come to decide on the project that you want to partake in or... Talk to us a little bit about the process that you arrive at saying, okay, this is a project I want to document. This is, or you document everything. So we can say that what you have put online is everything that you've done. Or there are specific projects that you want to speak about them and, and probably there's something to it that you want people to know about. When it comes to documenting a project, one of the motivations or one of the sources, it can come from a point of curiosity. It could be I saw someone who was doing something similar and I was like, I'm interested in learning about that and I learned something and I want to share it. Or maybe I was just also learning something and there was some level of effort in trying to figure it out. So I was like, if I had trouble getting this done, maybe someone else would also have a problem trying to get this up and running. So I feel like there is a need to put it out there and help the next person because sometimes maybe you may be following a tutorial you you follow a tutorial online but it's probably outdated and you know i want to update it so that the next person won't have to think too much or have to go through the same hoops that i went through and that's one of the motivations from the point of curiosity but then it's also i also believe it's very important to document the work that you do because like i said electronics is a very varied field and sometimes i explore different aspects of it you know sometimes maybe i may be dealing with stuff which is in embedded electronics and then at a later point i decided to shift to something that's dealing with digital signal processing and i want to remember my 
thought process because when I'm working on something, sometimes I solve certain problems or I come up with unique ways of or unique processes for me. So I learned something new and I, I want to remember it so that the next time maybe I say when I'm shifting from maybe digital signal processing and I want to get back to embedded systems, I have a way of, I have a map that I can use to get back. So yes, when it comes to documentation, it's when I'm learning something, is this something new? Have I discovered something? Because one thing I also consider important is even if you most of the information you got from is just you got it from different websites or different books and stuff like that. If you aggregate that knowledge into a blog post or something like that, you have added new knowledge. That is new knowledge you have contributed. So that the next person doesn't have to go through as much hoops. So you like document these are the steps that I did and these are my references. So in case someone wants more information, they can go to the reference. So that's very important. And also just for to help me remember my thought processes. Maybe if I wrote a program to do something I can even just document it on the blog and I say this is the process and this is my thinking process. And also want to sometimes sometimes it's good to look back and see the things that you have done. So if you have that if you have some form of documentation, for me I've chosen my documentation to be on a blog. At least I can look back and say, Oh, in this period of time this is what I did and then I can be happy about that. And it's just also just yes, just to to know I am making progress. Okay, so we, we could actually say that, that there's several motivations as to why you partake in this project. One or rather this, this, this electronics project that you're doing. One is to document what you're doing and the reasons why you document. One being that you're contributing in a small way to the knowledge base or rather how people uh, approach problems in, in your case. The other thing is you want to build a community. You want to have people who are going to, or rather electronics enthusiasts together. And, and yeah, that's quite impressive for a young engineer, as, as, as we say. And so the, the, the other thing I wanted to know, or other the audience would wish to know, is how did you, what are some of the challenges that you faced so far? And, and, and just to mention actually, how long have you been in this process? I have been working with electronics. I think I got my very first Arduino kit in 2014 from Nerocast. I think... Nerocas was like one of the very, very first stores that actually made exploring engineering a very, you know, very possible. So yeah, so I got my first kit from them and yeah, I just started exploring and learning more and more through a, from a practical aspect of using the Arduino. So the Arduino was like my very first microcontroller. When it comes to challenges, I think for me, the major challenge sometimes is acquiring maybe the components that you need. It's pretty much okay when you're doing, getting general components like resistors, capacitors, maybe some pretty common sensors. That's pretty easy enough. But as you start maybe diversify, maybe you need some obscure IC. Maybe you need some obscure op-amp that does something in specific that is not readily stocked. One of the things is now you may need to start looking at importing stuff. And that can get really frustrating. I mean, one of the places that I typically get extra components from is from AliExpress. And the reason why I like AliExpress sometimes, it's, it kind of like makes sense when you're trying to get stuff in back. Like for instance, I can easily get, let's say for instance, a set of op-amps. Let's just give it a, something like that. A set of maybe 10 op-amps for, let's say 200 Kenya shillings, whereas here, 10 would cost me maybe more than that. Could even cost up to 500 if they're selling an opera at 50 bob. This is just not a research figure, but just something like that. But now when it comes to getting it from AliExpress, while AliExpress may have a better deal, 
the time it takes it can be very frustrating especially when you're in your development work because you know part of electronics you go you design your you can prototype your work on a simulating software one of the simulating softwares i use is proteus you can do the calculations and you can have it all mapped out theoretically it works but then you also have to test it have that practical test on a breadboard to see maybe are there any cases that i did not consider so trying to get components when you need important components it becomes very frustrating sometimes you have to wait for two weeks sometimes you have to wait for four months i think there's a component that i not for for for, for four weeks let's say a month and there's a component that i think i had to wait for for 17 weeks there was a project i was working on i was building this 8-bit microcomputer and one of my ram chips burnt out and i had to wait for 17 weeks for it to come back for, for me to proceed with the with the project so what that does it kills kind of your morale and it's very frustrating so it's kind of like really annoying and it's something that i would really really hope in future gets resolved somehow i don't know how it would be resolved but if that can be resolved it can make designing electronics way much easier the other aspect that is challenging is you can always get started with the arduino kit and you can do pretty basic stuff get started warm your feet in the field of electronics but as you get more and more advanced then you start getting into requiring more and more advanced equipment for instance when you start dealing with signals that are changing very very fast you will quickly realize that your dmm cannot help you in that instance now you need to buy something like an oscilloscope an oscilloscope is relatively expensive of course now if you even go further maybe you need a function generator maybe you need a spectrum analyzer so when you start dealing with those ones now it starts becoming more challenging and maybe in, in such cases you may need to if you're in school if you're in campus you can use the school equipment but then maybe if you don't if you're not that lucky you may need to probably look for a maker space or something that does that or has those kinds of equipment so for me i say those are the two challenges those very long lead times when it comes to trying to get parts or importing electronic parts and now the cost of equipment the deeper you get into it and maybe uh when it comes to cost equipment maybe another a slightly annoying bit is when your for instance when your if if, if any of your components fail like for instance they say you imported something a module from <laughs> from china and then it fails then you have to wait for that to import another module that can also be very annoying so it's kind of like an inconvenience we are i'm currently adjust to living with it but those are issues that you really really hope as this field matures or as it evolves within the country that they they can be improved upon okay so so if if you would, if, if you had a chance to speak to a would-be person in, in authority say a government official what would you tell them as, as far as your challenges are concerned well i haven't really thought about that much because it feels like this would be something that deals with policy. I haven't really so I haven't even looked at what kind of policies are there which affect electronics maybe in spe- specifically. So it's very difficult to probably come up with maybe a substantial proposal to the government, but if I was just thinking off the top of my head or randomly, I think one of the things that maybe could be done is if for instance the government could find a way of getting like in the in the field of electronics there are some major distributors some of the major distributors are this digikey and i think also mouser 
and a bunch of others that I can't really, that don't come to mind at the moment. But if it's possible to have like one of these major distributors in the country, that would be, that would be good for the field because that would eliminate one of the pain points that I talked about trying to get components or specialized components. Because if the lead time for getting components is shorter, then it's much easier to to do the development. It's much easier to prototype your, your work. So something like that could work. Maybe a, another one is kind of like, let's say if the government was like super ambitious and they're like, all right, you know, what we can do is what if we found a way of generating or creating something like a PCB factory in in Kenya so that we can be the leading region when it comes to electronics so that other regions places like even Tanzania, Uganda, Rwanda can be coming in and importing, not importing, and manufacturing their PCBs in the country. So that also can help in boosting the electronics field in in the in, in, in the country. So such kind of things are what I would think about. But if you ask me how to get it done in detail, I wouldn't really have a, a plan. Uh, maybe that's something I may need to look at as I grow in the field, as I get to understand more. Because, you know, it's one of those things where you have to, in as much as you're dealing with your with your electronics, which is kind of fun, you also have to deal with the environment within which you're practicing electronics and look at the policies that are there and try to see if you can get better policies, better incentives to get even more people to to work on on, on electronics. Because if the environment is conducive a much a greater number of people would be willing to give electronics a try and to develop careers in it but if there are quite a number of hurdles then there'll be fewer people who would be willing to give this a try I'll be like yeah electronics is too difficult too expensive let me work on something else so those are those are, those are things that i would think of as that would probably help from a governmental standpoint but it's still something to think about uh, may have a better answer if maybe you ask me <laughs> in a couple of years. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Fair response to, and a detailed response actually to the government. Yeah, if, if you go back a little, we know that, yeah, you've been in school for quite some time. That is uh, the University of Nairobi. Do, do you think that new schooling, the University of Nairobi, had an impact in your electronics journey, whether good or bad? Yes, I'd like to say yes, the University of Nairobi did play a role in the development of my electronics or played a role in me developing an interest or developing my skills in, in electronics. Um, I know a lot of people always like to complain about universities and stuff like that, but for me, I always try to look at the good in most situations. While there is still a lot that can be done to improve even just the university as an institution, I still think there's quite a lot of good that can be ripped from it. But one of the things that you have to be cognizant of is sometimes you have to be intentional to make the most out of whatever opportunities you're given. And by that, I mean simply this. One of the things that I knew I was very conscious about going into the university was that I wanted to develop my electronic skills. And part of that was also, like I, I said earlier, I love the practical aspect of engineering that's what drew me to it so i knew i wanted to do as many labs as i could or get gain as much knowledge as i as i could from the electronics labs and one of the things that i remember specifically doing was 
trying to understand each and every single electronics equipment that we used in in during our lab sessions so like i learned how to use an oscilloscope through school through the school's oscilloscope so you know you go for your lab session you look at the oscilloscope you look at the oscilloscope look at the model number and then you google its manual and then you learn about it so you know stuff like oscilloscopes um function generators you know all those stuff all those different lab equipments you know because uh, when i was starting off i didn't have the equipment like i said it's very expensive to just decide you're selling and buying this equipment so i learned how to use those equipment from school and i remember even there are certain times when i used to go even beyond and above and beyond the, uh, my lab sessions just to talk with the the technician and say i'd like to have some more time with with the equipment so having that access to that kind of resource having equipment to the to the to the lab equipment really helped me so that even when i was buying my own equipment i would say oh i knew i've used this and this is what i should look for and i'm looking for my own equipment the other aspect that i also like to talk about is the aspect of the lecturers um i know most people tend to engage with lecturers only when you're <laughs> in terms of exams and stuff like that but the truth is if you look at your lecturers as resources as people who actually have knowledge on something and you go and consult them because when you're a student you can consult them for free so when you consult them you get to learn a lot more and sometimes you can be given even more than what you even thought was possible or more than what you even asked so that's something that I started I started actually doing in my fourth and fifth year which is very unfortunate but I say if anybody listen to this is like their first second year third year don't be afraid to talk to your lecturers of course you may take you may need to know which lecturers are friendly and which ones to avoid but there the lecturers who are approachable can really give you a wealth of information so that's another reason. so one is the lab equipment one is the lecturers and maybe the third one that i'd like to appreciate was the fact that the university of nairobi had a fab lab and the fab lab really did add value to my exploration of electronics because now it was trying to bring in the real world aspect or real world applications of engineering they had this program whereby they were developing equipment for um, maternal newborn and child healthcare so they were building things like phototherapy machines i think i don't know there were some projects on stuff like even incubators so now getting to be involved in kind of a space and seeing how electronics is integrated in solving problems it really did help in growing my perspectives and they also did have quite a number of trainings or not so just like how to work in a team and it was also a multidisciplinary team and even just some a couple of lessons on how to develop your idea and deliver it to market so yes yeah, so i'd say the university of nairobi did help me and it kind of like was a catalyst in my journey in electronics great 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 a good point that you mentioned there is something about being deliberate and 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 uh, yeah i want to tie that up with what is also coming out from this conversation it appears that you are a one-headed guy let me define what i'm saying by one-headed i mean once you set your goal to achieve something you go for it and just to take you a little bit back you mentioned something about starting this process in 2014 what is this thing that keeps the fire burning in you don't you get tired or doesn't it feel like ah i've been doing this thing for quite some time now uh, i'm not seeing where i'm heading to would you please speak to us about that yeah so i've been working with electronics when well, i started officially working with them in 2014 but i would not say that i've been working with them it wouldn't be like continuous i would say there were moments when i took breaks from it but the one thing i can say that always keeps me coming back 
is that I love this. I find it, I'm passionate about it. I love the problems that electronic poses and I love, you know, solving it, trying to figure out how does this work, learning new things and implementing them. So it's one of those things whereby, you know, when you're passionate about something, you will do everything that you need to do to get things to work. You will have the patience that is required to achieve the goals that you set. So that drive, that curiosity, that desire to learn more is what keeps me going. Because I don't think in my lifetime I will ever explore the full breadth of electronics. So there will always be something new worth learning. And also it's just, I feel as if it's a field that is also kind of developing. So there are also new things in, in, in as much as the, there is the classical knowledge that is there and foundational, there are also new things that are happening. So being part of that scene, seeing new things develop and also trying to be part of this new movement is kind of exciting. So let's say I'm passionate about it. I love the problems that it poses. I enjoy solving those problems. And it's just a discipline that fascinates me because I'll give a contrast to something like, you know, a lot of people like software. Some of them like, them, like it because it's low hanging fruit, but I don't really enjoy software as much as I do hardware. And even one of the things I always say, I my approach to software comes through the perspective of, of of hardware to the perspective of electronics. So it's just, I enjoy the problems and I enjoy working on the problems. And it's just exciting for me. You know, everybody has different kinds of things. I have something that excites them. This is what excites me. So that's why I'm, I have stuck with it for the for the longest time. Mm. What a point to end on, the question of it being rewarding. But so it, it's also coming out that there's an element of funding in this project. And, and I'm talking about that because I'm imagining, let's say, a student who doesn't have finances. How did you go about funding a project? When it comes to funding my electronics projects, I think I'd like to say I am a child of privilege because most of my funding has come from my family, from my immediate family. Because what I think I did was I just sat down one day and talked to them and told them like this is something i'm interested in doing right now you know i'm in school i don't have the resources to necessarily fund my projects but this can be an investment in the long run so i, I posed the problem or i posed the issue or my proposal was basically like this is an kind of like an investment in my future in as much as you know you're taking me to school and all that but this is something that i want to add to give me an edge because I feel as if in as much as the school is okay, but I also want to get to learn even more and hopefully build a career out of this. Yeah, so family has been the greatest source of funding. Other ways that I think I've funded my project was like, let's say just mostly the little pocket money that I had. Sometimes, you know, I give me pocket money to do this and that. And I used to channel that into, into electronics projects, buying components, buying resistors, buying capacitors, buying modules. So whatever money I got, in whatever way, you know, maybe you've gone, you know, someone gives you birthday money, you're like, yeah, birthday money that's going to buy this particular component, uh, you know, given pocket money, lunch money and stuff like that. You say, yeah, I'm going to kind of like manage my lunch money, maybe not eat as much or choose something cheaper and then use the other money to, to buy something and a component that I need. So that's how it worked. Then, of course, uh, you know, here and there, I think one of the things I um, I, I did in campus, I think I got into this, let's say, as a side gig whereby I, I was kind of like designing some graphics for... I was, do, I was digitizing 
some notes for some of my lecturers and I was getting some money from that and I, was, I think I also did those at, there were points in time when I was also like kind of like um let's say research assistant so the the, the little money they got from that I would fund I would funnel towards my electronics so I would say it was mostly whatever income it's not really income but or whatever funds I was getting from wherever I would I would make sure that I buy something that I needed so if I needed a particular module and I was like, ah, oh, that thing is too expensive. I can't buy it right now. When the funds came in, you go out and and you buy it. So those are the two main funds. But I think I'd like to, no, at least, like I said, I am a child of privilege. It's not something that everybody could do. But at least I had, the family was very understanding. And that's where at least I got most of my funding and most of what um, I have as part of my resources that have helped me in learning about electronics somebody could actually easily say that that is not love eh? that's not loving what you do that's being a fan being a fanatic of what you are you're doing because i can imagine a student deciding that instead of yeah drinking actually or having some holy molecule they decided to buy a solder or a soldering gun but yeah uh that's it some sounds interesting and yeah just just to know did, did you have okay, actually let me ask these two questions and yes to proceed Question number one would be, have you found it within yourself at some point in time to probably get discouraged or feel like, yeah, I can't do this thing anymore? And two, have you, in the projects that you've done, obtained monetary reward? When it comes to discouragement, I think the only, the major source of discouragement is when you're busy working on a project and maybe a component burns out that's usually one of like if i if, if one of my components fails one of my modules fails when i'm working on a project that is very 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 frustrating because it kills your vibe it kills your state of flow and you have to be like ugh, now i have to start i have to spend more money or even i have to wait for this replacement com- component to part now and then i have to shift my mind from thinking about this to thinking about something else while i wait for the component to come so those are like moments of frustration i want to say i would be so disappointed that i feel like i don't want to do this anymore it's just like moments of of frustration when you know you're just working on something and then something fails and you get like Ugh, why did this happen so yeah so there have been moments of frustration but there's never been a moment of like, I don't want to do this anymore. Because like I said, it's a long-term goal. Um, and in, in any journey, there are always going to be ups and downs. And you have to be in it for both. You can't just be like, I'm just here for the ups. And whenever the dumps, downs come, I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm not dealing with that. So you're dealing with everything. In terms of monetary rewards, I think that's an area of which I now want to start exploring. Because most of my what I've done is mostly, I, I would say it's kind of like, I would call it rogue academic because I don't I don't do it deal with it in the rig of academic, but it's just like mostly trying to learn things and documenting things that have been learned. So just trying to understand more about electronics. But I haven't gone out and be like, yo, I'm doing this project to probably sell or something. I haven't done that. In terms of maybe just getting money for my knowledge, I think there have been instances whereby I did when I was in campus i helped out a couple of people with their projects in the sense that someone was like i remember there's a time in campus when there were a couple of people who are dealing with some things that were dealing i think there were some doing some image processing sort of 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 project and they needed help in that aspect at least in the image processing area so i was just like yo i can 
help you but you know you gotta give me something for my efforts so it's not like i wasn't really doing the project for them it's more like i was looking at it more of consultation fees because my logic was basically like i have spent because learning whatever i have learned in terms of electronics or even in this particular case like dealing with now at least um image processing it's like i spent my own extra time outside of school work so this is not like things that were in the curriculum so at least it's either you go and learn that the hard way or you can pay me some commission basically like some consulting commission to give you to at least help you fast track in your knowledge so that's how i was looking at it and yeah it was just making it wasn't i wasn't charging too much but it was just something to to get extra money to buy components like you know i said like whatever money i could get in other miscellaneous sources so yeah so that's the, that's, that's the much that i have done to to get money from my electronics endeavors but of course like i said i want to make this a career so the next part or what at least i'm working on now is the question of how do i get paid to do this like this knowledge has been acquiring over time now i need someone to pay me so that i can make a living out of this because you know life is not for free so yes yeah, so that's how at least when it comes to getting monetary rewards has been it's it's an, an area which i have not fully explored but now i would really like to explore it further and put my talents to good use okay great yeah you mentioned something about say somebody in the, in the final year asking for help and i wanted to so to know how did you arrive at the price tag that you gave for yourself compensate i mean being compensated for your time did, did you have um, a formula to use on that or you just gave an arbitrary figure and said you're going to give me x well when it comes to the times when i was charging for helping someone with their final year project i think i didn't have a rate because i didn't really consider it as a serious endeavor i just looked at it more it was a question of what did i need at that particular point in time and whether i could get some or like let's say i was trying to get let's just use the simple case of the soldering iron maybe i was trying to get a soldering I was trying to upgrade, upgrade from a soldering, just a, a loan soldering. I wanted to get a soldering station. So it's like, I have this amount of money. Maybe I need this extra to add to the balance that was remaining. So that's kind of like what used to be the motivating factor. Because honestly, I really don't, personally, I don't like helping people too much when it comes to doing their projects. I feel as if that's, <laughs> that's kind of like fraud. So I didn't really take it that seriously. But it was just like... Oh, if i if i am consulting in the sense that i am i am giving you i am just pushing you in the right direction but you're doing the majority of the work i'm willing to do that so it wasn't really like i didn't really think too much about it, it just mostly the motivation was like if this person is now willing to pay a little bit for some help yeah then just what i needed so it wasn't like i have this rate card and i will charge you per hour or something like that it's just like yeah just this is what i think i need and um we agreed upon it maybe there would be some back and forth negotiation but there wasn't there wasn't really any formula i wouldn't say there was a formula that i was applying but of course that's something that at least i have been trying to think about um i think it was a friend of mine who was telling me that you know you have to find a way of valuing yourself because over a period of time there is knowledge that has been acquired there is resources that have been put towards acquiring equipment so at least there is value that you have so how i will come up with a rate 
for the value that I think I would be offering someone. That's something that I am looking forward to exploring because it's not an area that I've been explored. You know, the problem with us, some of us um, engineers, is that we are too excited about the, the technical problems. We forget that there are other aspects it's like the business side and even maybe some people have issues with the so- social side. So those are areas that I'm willing to explore going forward. But I never really took it too seriously when I was like helping out with people's projects. Very, very, very helpful. As we wind up, what do you do beyond electronics? I mean, is, is Okelo volunteering? Is Okelo teaching, for example? When Okelo is not working on his electronics projects, you'll find him making miscellaneous videos on uh, social media. Uh, I don't know. I kind of find the art form of filmmaking to be very intriguing. And I like how you can tell a story in in the form of film. So I just make certain short films. Of course, some of my short films are kind of like around electronics. Just because I'm trying to kill two birds with one stone. You know, learning about making... I don't know if... Let's just, let's just say short form content. I don't, I don't want to call them films because I think the term films is very revered. So yeah, so I just make short form content and uh, just for the fun of it. I don't know, in terms of volunteering, I won't consider it volunteering right now, but I think when I was a student, I used to work with, I used to be the chair, a triple E chair of, of University of Nairobi. And... After graduating, I think since I'm no longer the chair, but I'm still, let's say, an honorary alumni member. I still keep kind of relatively, not so much serious touch, but kind of like in touch with them. And I, I do share quite a bit of what I do over there because I feel as if part of the beauty about being in campus is this is a period of life of discovery. So if someone can discover the beauty of electronics, through what I do, through what I do as on my blog, which is part of like, you know, part of my, yeah, you know, travel, part of my, it's not really mission, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, if someone can discover electronics through my work, that would be something that, you know, I think would be a, a plus. So that's at least the level at which um, I'm kind of volunteering. Maybe in future I should look for more volunteering opportunities, but for now, yeah, it's not like full-blown volunteering but it's kind of like some aspect of volunteering since i'm volunteering my time to you know if someone like asks questions i give them answers and i I point them in the right direction if they want to learn more about stuff that i've talked about yeah so that's what what kilo does of course there's so many other things that i do but that's what i want to at least i'd like to talk about well, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you for for, for the time, Mr. Okello. And yeah, it has been a wonderful interview. I mean, I'm hoping that the listeners can actually learn one or two. Thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, you're welcome. you're hearing this message you've listened to the entire episode and for that we want to say a big thank you remember that you can listen to Mhandisi, the engineers podcast anytime anywhere on apple podcast google podcast or spotify and please leave us a review whenever you listen thanks again and see you next time